$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Communicate in a way that's clear and not clever. Don't try to be tricksy with fancy words when you're trying to talk to like the people in the audience that you want to reach. Like be yourself and people will gravitate to that much more naturally. I am unwilling to give up. That I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out knocked out so your only choice should be go focus on what you can control 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 hi everyone and welcome to the kara golden show join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders we'll talk with founders entrepreneurs ceos and really some of the most interesting people of our time can't wait to get started let's go let's go Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so excited to have my next guest here. I was on her podcast a little while ago, Liz Teresa. She's a business mentor. Um, She is just such a badass podcaster, copywriter, website creator, uh, mom as well, and super, super lovely. And I said, Liz, you have to come on my podcast when you can. I know how busy you are, but I, um, her podcast, by the way, is called Liz on Biz, which is just such a fun name too. But she's really the jack of all trades and just knows so much. And like I said, I always want people that are motivating and inspirational and that we can learn lots from. And so, that is why I brought Liz on today. So welcome, Liz. Oh, I'm like jumping out of my skin excited. So thank you so much for having me here with you. Absolutely. So let's start with your story. So how did you back up even before <laughs> podcasting? What? Who was Liz? Who was Kid Liz? Oh, Kid Liz? She was her nickname was Pretty. So in my family, my grandma and my aunt, everybody called me Pretty. And I would actually answer to that, which I know sounds quite <laughs> egotistical. But like, that was my nickname when I was little. I love and it. So I was very sassy. And um, I was definitely the challenging one between me and my brother. Like my brother is like this. My brother is very soft spoken, dry, funny wonderfully brilliant guy very sensitive and sweet and then i was like i'm rebellious and which i thought was cool so i was like i'm very cool but my mom was probably like you're very you're very difficult (laughs) but i i eventually now me and my mom are super tight i was a theater kid for sure i was in a bunch of plays i was actually the president of the theater company in college my background was also in lit in writing and so 
I was definitely a person that I knew what I wanted to do when I when I grew up. And what's funny is I'm not doing what I wanted to do when I grew up because I realized I didn't want to do it after I kind of almost did. But I was desperate to work on Days of Our Lives. And I really wanted to be an actor on Days of Our Lives. Yeah, specifically because I was like, well, you work every day. You get a salary. And for an actor, that's a really big deal. You're always like that way. You're always working. I was really good at memorizing my lines and I kind of had it all worked out. Had you written yourself into the script? Did you actually know what part you were going to play? I I figured that they'd have to write me in because like everybody on the show is very blonde. And so I didn't mm-hmm. know if I could fit unless I colored my hair and really tried to get away with it. Um, so I, I think hysterical. about that. Well, and I worked at a casting studio. This is how far I got. And then when I worked there, I didn't like that. There was a girl that was auditioning for a part. And I remember, like, I would I was working at a studio. So I would see the directors, you know, in, like, with the clients and all this. And they would make decisions about who gets the commercial, who doesn't. And they deleted this woman's audition and made fun of her for wearing orange or something. Like, she had, like, an orange bracelet. And they were like, orange bracelet, delete. And then they like deleted it like and laughed about it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to work in any profession where your worth is determined by another person. And so I was Interesting. like, yeah. And I was only 19. And it like then I knew I didn't want to be an actor anymore. <laughs> it changed my whole thing. So what so what did you do then? Well, I, I finished my degree. And then when they told me, I remember being a senior in college and they said, well, if you don't know what you want to do with your life, you're already too late. And what a terrifying thing, by the way, to say to somebody that's like a senior in college, because you're still a kid, like you're you're very young. Um, and so I went to my advisor and I was like, well, I don't I don't want to be a teacher with like an English degree and a theater degree. No offense to teachers, but I because I think you have to be a saint to be a teacher. Like that's like a whole thing. And I was yeah. like, and and I thought maybe publishing I could go into, but I, I wasn't quite sure. So my advisor suggested I get a graduate degree for free and not pay for it by applying for an assistantship, it's called, um, at, an, at a university. So I applied for this assistantship and I got a free master's degree to postpone making any big decisions, right, about my career, what I was going to be. And to give you an idea, like this was like 2009 is when I got into grad school. I graduated 2011. And what's remarkable is that this was at the near the end of the recession, right? So the recession that was 2007 until about 2012. And so mm-hmm. during that time, my parents owned a business and my parents, what they did is they actually, my dad made um, diving equipment, like the hard hat, heavy stuff, like in the movie Men of Honor, my dad made the helmets for that movie, wow. which is like... Yeah. So cool. That's awesome. I tease my dad, but my dad is quite talented and very cool. And so they said, Liz, we need your help with marketing. And I was just I was a grad student. I was working at the college television studio because of my background in in theater, that 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 was why they hired me. Um, But I knew nothing of marketing. I remember Googling what is marketing. (laughs) Like I remember buying Twitter for dummies. Like I really did all these things. But it was because I was such a voracious reader. I just sought to learn everything I could because I wanted to help my parents. You know, it, it meant a lot to me. And like I, I came from entrepreneurs. And so I wanted to do everything I could to help them succeed. And then I realized I was like, ooh, this this online stuff, this marketing. I was like, this is kind of creative. This is kind of interesting. And then I I got very like 
addicted to it. So I tried to get a job, actually, and I applied to jobs, but they all required three to five years experience in digital marketing, even Mm. though it was like a year old (laughs) because Twitter was only invented in 2009. So it's like digital marketing was like a baby um, at the time. And yeah, so it was kind of like my parents got me into it accidentally. And here I am now, which is wild. And so you were doing, so you started doing online marketing for them. Yeah, Interesting. for them. And, and what was it, kind of your first stop? What did you try and was it SEO? Was it, you know, what, what was it? Social media, definitely. Although I will have to add here that I used to make websites for fun as a kid. So like when I was a kid, I knew how to do HTML and stuff. And then I realized as I was becoming an adult that it was actually a skill you could like make money with. So (laughs) it was like something that kind of fused into the social media is that I could also fix the websites that I was marketing to or promoting. So that helps for sure. But I remember specifically with my parents diving company, I remember reaching out to like people that owned um, diving destinations. So I looked up places like there was a place in Thailand where you can go and you can have like private diving lessons and go deep sea and do all this stuff. And they became like Twitter friends with me. And then they were like, you should come and stay. And I didn't get to go, but they were like going to give me like their suite because we became Twitter friends because back then it wasn't as um, it's hard. It's so hard to imagine. But you remember it used to be so much cooler to be on Twitter yeah. back then. I still yeah. love Twitter. Twitter's yeah. my, it, although I it recently got on TikTok about three weeks ago and How's look that? out world. Look well, out world. <laughs> well, I, one of my videos, one of my 20 that I've posted went viral. And my, um, and my 15 year old is, it was, he didn't know whether to laugh or cry because his mom is on video and, or on TikTok. Anyway, it was just, it was really, but you know what it was? Actually, it's really, mm-hmm. it's interesting. I think I'm finding this new segment and I've been getting traction from TikTok because I'm, older than the demographic that is typically on TikTok. But I'm also, the stuff that I'm actually putting on there is a lot of my talks that I'm giving, whether they're, you know, webinars or video podcasts or whatever, or talks that I've done in the past about my story about founding Hint. And so I'm slicing and dicing it down to a few segments. And then the one that actually has over 90,000 views on it, what that went pretty, you know, viral over a couple of days was the one that told the story of getting my first product on the shelf at Whole Foods. And it's interesting because the audience, they knew about Hint, but they didn't know my story. And so I think it's fascinating because these are people, whatever, 14 to 24 Mm -hmm. generally are the people that are at least have gone on to my site, whose parents were buying them Hint over the years because they enjoyed it. And so they've grown up with it and it's been in their schools, whatever. And so all of a sudden, maybe they're having questions about how the heck do I start? What do I really want to do with my life? And then you've got this chicky like me who's on saying, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And so I just started a beverage company because I was passionate about it. And I just went to Whole Foods and asked, tapped the guy on the shoulder. And I said, hey, how do I get a product on the shelf at Whole Foods? And that ends up, you don't have to be funny. 
on TikTok. Funny videos work, but I think inspiring videos also can work. And I think there's been people like over the holidays that I've been watching that are putting these crafts together that are doing them like really fast and they'll give directions. I mean, they're kind of interesting. And again, I think that it's sort of, it's a, it's still trying to get figured out, but I don't think there's a hard and fast, it's evolving. And I don't think there's hard and fast for what TikTok is. I used to think it was only the funny meme stuff. Right. And much younger and whatever. But again, I've seen plenty of people who are saying, oh, okay, here's how to make that bow on a package for your holiday presents. And people actually want to see that. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. And here's how you do it really fast. And you're like, oh, dude. Actually, I found out I get, do you know this company BarkBox? Yeah. My dogs get BarkBox treats every month. And there's like a whole production. We just got ours yesterday. And they're Snoopy and like all these different great characters in there. Anyway, my son came to me and gave me or showed me this TikTok where they showed that there are toys on the inside of every one of the BarkBox toys. And I was like, get out of here. And so we were, especially the toys that were sort of, you know, gross and we cut them open, had a little surgery and we found all these new toys and my dogs were going crazy because they were like, oh my God, we have, we now have hundreds of toys. toys. (laughs) That's an unbelievable fact. But we figured it out on TikTok. Again, it wasn't, and, and. You know, there was probably mm. some other way to find it. Maybe it was on the tag, but nobody <laughs> reads anyway, right? But yeah. I saw it. We saw it on a TikTok video. Anyway, so See, that, I that's... didn't know that though, and I know st- I feel like I know stuff, and I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And I was like willing. So that's what I mean. TikTok is mm. not just for the funny memes or yes. you know whatever sexy photos or whatever you. However, I really do think that there's an inspiration and educational component, and I'm just trying to figure that whole platform out for now. Oh yeah. Okay. So you're the the first stop like was building the website and mm-hmm. then what did you I mean what did you do from there? Where did you th- it, like, obviously you enjoyed it because yeah. you were getting traction on it, but how did you start thinking about it then and how like how did you think okay, I could I'm helping them. Mm-hmm. How do I ultimately expand this? Well, I actually didn't know I was being entrepreneurial yet. (laughs) So I still was applying to get jobs. And I remember my mom said, you don't need permission to do the thing you want to do. Like, if you want to help businesses, go to businesses. Um, And I was like, whoa, what a simple but like powerful message. And then I did. I mean, I was like, I mean, wow, thanks, mom. I mean, I remember walking out of interviews and being like, was that a good interview? Because it just didn't feel, nothing felt right. right. I didn't fit in anywhere, even with a grad degree. But yeah, and then I I did. I started going after people that I just knew I could help. That's huge. So that so that was your focus then after helping your parents. Then when did, how did you get your second gig? Yeah, I, I started in my building. So actually I had, I was working in a commercial building as an insurance agent, which I used as like a side gig to like learn a little bit about business. But also it was like the guy that owned the agency was a friend of my mom's. And so that's where I was kind of working um, anyway. But there were other businesses in this commercial building. So I just started help. I started being like, how's your Facebook page doing? Like, how's your Twitter? And they're like, I don't tweet. And I'm like, that's where I come in, hopefully. And then I 
I educated them. Honestly, it starts with education. I, you kind of had at that point, you really had to show the value of digital marketing to get people to kind of go, oh, wait, this sounds different and interesting. And so that was kind of part of it. So I, I definitely sought out the people that were in my immediate network. And then after that, I honestly, I, I went to a networking event and got my my first random client through networking. I feel like over the last 10 years in particular, I mean, I didn't have the money to actually go out and market and buy advertising and do all the things that I knew that I was supposed to do. So I actually, the first thing I did was actually got a PR person to help me get the word out and storytell and little, I didn't call it to your point about, you didn't call it being entrepreneurial. I didn't call it marketing. Mm -hmm. I just said, okay, people are responding to my story because I'm telling the story about me dropping Diet Coke and drinking water and it's relatable. There's a yeah. lot of people who have that. They just didn't know that they could actually fix a problem by getting off of something. And most people think if I go do something, if I go exercise, if I go like on a diet or whatever it is, but I just had this thing in my life that was actually getting in the way of me ultimately getting healthy. And then once I figured that out, then I would, anyway, I wanted to go tell that story. So I think marketing today is, I, I think more and more it's becoming about the person who started the company and what is their why? What I'd love to hear your perspective on it. Well, I would say that every time I, I'm thinking of a client of mine in particular, and she's a photographer. And so when you're a photographer, a lot of times you'll think about social media and you think, well, I should post my work. I should post my photos. And that's true. You want people to see what you do and how it looks and how it feels and all that. And then in the course of working with her, I was like, well, people also want to know, like, what makes you different? Like, what are mm -hmm. what's the nuances that make in the tiny details that actually make working with you a different experience than working with like that person over there. So we've started to weave in personal stories. Like we're going to be sharing like how she met her husband and like, like what new things she's learning right now, like learning how to cook and how is that going? Like in these kinds of pieces of people, because personal mm -hmm. brands, I think all brands are personal. And then when you have a personal brand, it's crazy to not use your personality to me. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah. and I also think it's about kind of answering people's problems ahead mm -hmm. of time. Like I've never been a huge believer in focus groups because I feel like you set people up in a room yeah. and you say, okay, we're going to, we're going to show you this and they got to come up with an answer. It's sort of like a multiple choice. You can't leave the room, especially if you're getting paid in a focus groups <laughs> without saying something. Yeah. Right. They'll pull the they'll pull your the info out of you. Right. And I think it's the same. Anyway, I think it's the same way when I think about why people are doing that and getting back to the why it can be delivered through an individual. But I also think it can be delivered through actually saying, have you ever received photos that didn't have the right lighting? Do you know if you had the right lighting? What, Whatever it is. I mean, like actually yeah. identifying the problem. Like, have you ever felt like you're posing super awkward or that your smile looks very forced? You know, here's like, why, right? <laughs> here's and why. here's why you do it. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's, I think so often those are the really, really engaging ones where you're, where you're thinking, okay, this person really gets it. And so this mm -hmm. is what we're going to do. 
What's the strangest project that you've ever worked on? You don't have to say the name, but oh, I can maybe tell the, you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I ha- this is one of my clients now and her business is lice, like head lice and removing it. And that's, that's the whole thing. And so we're branding it. I mean, like it was already branded, but we're creating a branded website around it. And the copy, I have to say, I'm having way too much fun with that. Like, don't bug out. We got you. Those kinds of things. Like, <laughs> like every, what is it? Sugar and spice and everything's lice. Like we're having some fun with the copy. Um, but that's got to be one of the most unusual businesses that I've got to help. I love it. I love it. So you, what year did you start your podcast? 2016. Wow. So you've been doing it for a little while. There's a little uh, while. Yeah. It, lots of, how many episodes do you have now? So you were episode 200. So now we're, we're going to be at about 208. And the irony is I started my podcast on election day, which I don't recommend starting anything on an election day because I was never a political person. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, November, whatever it was. Let's just do that. Like, I didn't even think about it. And then I was like, oh, this was a weird decision. And I'm lucky people listened and found it. Do you feel like just starting your own podcast that that got the word out about what you do as well? It forced me to be consistent about providing value to my audience because I think that blogging for me was extremely casual. Whereas like Mm -hmm. with my clients, I'm like, where's your post? Like, what's going on? Like, if they're not, I hold my people accountable, but I wasn't holding myself to that same level of like excellence, honestly. And, and my podcast, because people expect an episode every single Monday, I remember the first time I realized it mattered is when I, one of my episodes didn't publish, like there was like a a glitch or something. And people were texting me like, where's the show? Instagram, where is it? People were like blowing me up being like, where's the episode? Where's the episode? And I was like, wait, you guys are listening <laughs> a That's little so bit. Funny. And then I realized I'm like, I have a, it's like, I have a duty to my listeners to be do, there. Do you for post them. at a certain time? Honestly, it, it drops at like the crack of dawn around like four or four thirty in the morning, because it, to me then I'm like, it will, they can't miss it. And right. then, in, and then in case there's a lag in iTunes, it'll be around for the morning rush hour. Really, really smart. Yeah. And you recently or fairly recently, right, got the uh, Forbes as one of the top small business podcasts that will help you sell more. Yeah. That's amazing. I so, died. I was so excited. Yeah, that's that's amazing, amazing. And so what do you think are the biggest challenges for for companies that you come in and help solve? Well, honestly, I think that we all have the very bad habit of having like the comparison trap happen where as a company, you're looking at your competitors and you're like, oh, well, their their website says stuff like this or they're doing they're doing webinars and funnels. Should I be doing webinars and funnels? And I think like that's the thing that I help solve is I can declutter the decision making process because I think that we get like shiny object syndrome with Mm -hmm. like as you know, as people that are running syndrome. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Yeah, And I can come in as the objective person and be like, oh, you are interesting. Here's all the reasons why. And here's actually what we should be doing. Totally. No, I think that that's true. You know, I think that the other thing that has really opened up this year, I was talking to a friend of mine who has a local business and I was 
talking to her about marketing. And I think it's so interesting because it's it's like this mind shift for local businesses to think, why are you just marketing locally, right? If all you have to do is ship something, or if you're a service, for example, I, I it's just, I mean, it's kind of mind-blowing. You don't really... And that's hard, right? But it's not really that hard to kind of get the word out about your business. What do you think are the things, the key things that people need to think about? Like, I mean, when, I guess the question is, when is a business, when does a business need to stay local as mm-hmm. compared to, I don't know, maybe you're a dry cleaner, for example. Yeah. But even then, like I look at so so much of the time, if you're a really great dry cleaner, I don't know. and You, you ship. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's so many businesses that I think about constantly that are, I mean, you look at uh, even Gold Belly. Are you familiar with those yeah. those guys? Right? I mean, I was on this uh, Tamron Hall show and the other, there were a couple of other entrepreneurs and one of them was uh, was the founder of, of Gold Belly, a husband and wife yeah. team. And I was hearing their story as I was sitting there in the green room and and, you know, it's amazing. I mean, they have a huge business and people are shipping these little products all over the world. And I've ordered from, I've ordered bagels from New York that yep. I live in San Francisco and I want like really good bagels. And unfortunately they, sorry, San Francisco, but it's you just true. don't make good bagels, right? <laughs> no, they and, don't. Boston does not make good bagels either. Right. And so I love Cold Belly. And so anyway, I think that there are businesses, there's like a mind shift though, but so often yeah. you have to think about, okay, maybe if I'm a hardware store, do I actually, and I have really unique stuff, why do I think that I, you have to think bigger and mm-hmm. do I have to stay local? What do, what do you think about that? It's a permission in your head. I have to Uh give myself permission to think differently about the stuff I'm so used to doing. And I think it's like the older way of doing business really got sledgehammered this year. (laughs) And people were forced to pivot and forced to kind of reexamine, okay, like how am I showing up in the world? Does this still make sense? I mean, there was a woman that I spoke with yesterday and her business is like the do-it-yourself sign painting. So like having signs in your house that say like home sweet home, it's wine o'clock, you know, like that kind of cute stuff. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's her business. And it's it used to be sort of like you would have to go to the studio and then you would get the wood at the studio and paint at the studio. Now it's do-it-yourself kits in the mail. So she's like completely turned the car around, you know, not that she'll never do studio again. And I think it's like for her, she can't wait to have people back for sure. But but like to realize that, yes, this this same idea, it can be so much bigger and you can allow it to be bigger. It doesn't have to. It doesn't mean you're cheating on the way things used to be. (laughs) And it doesn't mean so true. I remember my kids are older now, but I remember when my oldest daughter got this gift and it was a stool it was like a little step stool and it had a name puzzle in it and i i just thought it was the greatest thing and the person was so smart they put like a little sticker on the bottom and it had the phone number and it was in iowa and i called when my, i had my second kid i called them and they said oh we're just like this little store again this is before the internet was yeah. just boom. And I thought, I mean, how many people would just go on and just buy something like that? I mean, today it's, you were a business that you are no longer, you might be based in Iowa, but you're no longer just a mom and pop 
shop. Like you could be much bigger if you want to be that much bigger. Mm -hmm. I think like that's the other piece of it. So what do you think are the key things? I mean, I, I think that that's the other thing. Do people have to have a, you know, CRM program? Do they have to have an SEO? I, I think sometimes these things are a little daunting yeah. um, to people. What do you think are the top things? So you've got a business, you want to s- sell stuff on online. What do you think are kind of the things that you, th- that really people need to, I mean, obviously you need to market and tell people you're there. You can't just open a store and just hope for the best. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately right? not. <laughs> you can't, right? So yeah. what do you tell people? Like, what are the things that they should really worry about today and, and tomorrow? Above all, you want to have a website or a landing page and you want to have a way to capture people. So mm-hmm. leads being through like an email list and opt-in. So for example, you could give away like a free guide or a free coupon. And pardon my son if you hear a crazy baby in the background. I it's apologize. Okay. Um, but you could have a free guide, a free gift, or a free opt-in that people get in exchange for signing up. And if that, even if all you did was have a lead capture page to start that describes who you are, what you do, and the problem you solve as a business, like with a way to get people's info, then you've done your due diligence with getting the very, very basic pieces um, online. And then as far as the marketing, that's sort of the foundational stuff that needs to exist. And then as far as the marketing goes, you should really be thinking about, okay, how can I provide value and solve this problem that I say that this product solves or that I solve? How do I show up and provide value? And then the showing up part, that can be done. It can be done through a podcast for sure. Like you can go on other shows. It could be done through blogging. Um, wherever you're going to get the consistency thing, that's the thing that will change a business is when you force yourself to actually follow through and be consistent. Cause like my podcast doubled my traffic. It really mm-hmm. did. And that's not even an exaggeration. Like I had good traffic because I, you know, I make websites. I know SEO. Like I I know basic things and I had normal people traffic. And then when I had a podcast, it was like people had something to come for. Right. You know? Right. And then you were a, a friendly face too and, yes. and friendly voice that was also talking about stuff that was kind of identifying their questions too that they were trying to answer. What do you think is the most important thing when people talk about SEO? Because mm-hmm. maybe a lot of people, maybe they don't really know what SEO is. Yeah. So, so oh, let me tell you guys, SEO is search engine optimization in a basic sense. And so kind of the best way to get started with SEO, I like to tell people is to start local. Um, it's sort of like how in businesses, they businesses start local too. Mm-hmm. And then we're, we're saying you need permission to think on an online scale. With search, it actually makes the most sense to start with local SEO related like activities. And then you can graduate to being a fancy pants (laughs) global SEO person. Um, But the reason why I want you to start local is because it's definitely the easier and it's the thing you can do yourself. Whereas I think when you get, you know, fancier with keywords and global SEO tactics, global meaning like you're aiming to rank all over the country, whereas local meaning you're aiming to rank near your house or something or in your local region near near your main city. And what do people do to do that? They just go on Google and... Well, yeah, and forge your identity. So be listed in all of the basic directory listings, like get your Google Places page, dress that up, throw on pictures that people don't, people often create a Google page and then they'll be like, well, it's there. I'm tired now. And I'm like, no, man, like you got to add photos. 
get testimonials, encourage your happy customers and clients to show you some love because like happy people will want to. Angry people will want to too, but that's going to (laughs) happen. That happens naturally. So get the focus on the happy ones um, and get listed also um, on obviously set up your Facebook page and your social media profiles will also help your SEO because search is actually become increasingly social over time because Google acquired YouTube and now they care about how fancy you are and how many people like you. (laughs) That's great. Do you spend your life like trying to get to know all these platforms? Honestly, I mean, a little bit. Well, I, I know it's sort of like I know the things that I find to be the most important. And actually, for me, when I think about SEO, I think the coolest thing about it is like is the PR component of SEO, which -hmm. is like guest blogging and getting published in wicked cool places, being on fantastic shows like this one, like putting yourself out there. um, So other people are doing the work of talking about you because one, that makes you feel good and it makes you feel happy because people are talking about you. But then two, it kind of satisfies like the Google gods who decide if you're important. If they see like Forbes saying you're important, they're going to believe Forbes more than they're going to believe your mom's Facebook. Third party endorsements. Totally agree. I think it makes such a huge, huge difference. So so what's next for you? So above and beyond being a small business entrepreneur operator and killing it and it's got you know this awesome podcast as well what is next for liz i'm launching a group coaching membership in january february i haven't determined exactly what the launch date's going to be um but as an extension of my private coaching because i want to help more people and i also want to make um coaching more accessible coaching can be Whenever you hire a coach, I mean, I'm sure you've hired coaches in your time, too. It can be like a whole thing. Um, And especially because I love to help people who are starting out, this is going to be really catering um, to to the people that have never had a coach before, but also to get that kind of mentorship and accountability. So that's going to be coming out. It's going to be called Be the Star, the membership. And people can learn more about it. Yeah, if they follow me. I love it. That's that's awesome. Okay, so understand SEO. Is there anything else like people should really be thinking about? Yeah. Communicate in a way that's clear and not clever. Don't try to be tricksy with fancy words when you're trying to talk to like the people in the audience that you want to reach. Like be yourself and people will gravitate to that much more naturally. I love that. And tell their story. I think that that's key. And what's the one thing that people don't think about when they're putting their website together or... Just yeah. how how do you, is there one thing in particular that people, a lot of people miss? Well, a website can be beautiful, but it's not always telling people what they need to know, like, which is how you fit into their world or how they might fit into yours. Mm-hmm. So being really, really clear about who you help um, and the problem that you solve on every single page. So that way, no matter where somebody lands, they're not like disoriented or feeling like they landed on Mars. Like you want them to feel at home with you as much as possible. So how can people find you, hear more about Liz Teresa's coaching program, but also just your journey? Yeah. Well, you guys, check me out anytime at Liz Teresa. It's L-I-Z-T-H-E-R-E-S-A and it's LizTeresa.com or the Liz on Biz podcast, which is streaming wherever you podcast. And it's so good. It's yeah. uh 
I mean, not just my episode, of course, but all the other <laughs> episodes that you're talking about. I love it. It's su- super, super great. So, well, thank you for doing what you're doing. And I think just I love your story of really just being authentic and kind of saying, look, I was going one direction and that didn't work out. And then I figured out, what am I really good at? Where can I actually take what I know and just make it happen? And every Mm -hmm. day you just keep doing it more and more. So I love that. And it's so, so great to have you on here. So if you all like this episode, please give Liz five stars, lots of great Mm -hmm. remarks, uh, subscribe to the podcast, all that kind of stuff. And we are so excited to close out our week with you. And yeah, that's that's it. So, well, thanks again, Liz. Super appreciate it. And everybody have a great week. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com